Mike, turn your games down. <laughs> Welcome to a very spooky episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's stalking their prey with me on this Halloween? <laughs> Hello, it is Dr. Kenneth Sanity. <laughs> and this is Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks of 40, and death has come to your little podcast, Mike. <laughs> and I am Kyle, uh, and I also just have to say... I can't wait to get it alone with you. Just <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> we're and we are since if you were listening to this the day it came out, it is Halloween 2023. We are here to talk about a movie that was actually I think my idea, and I actually didn't mind a horror movie. That's weird, huh? <laughs> Halloween. That came out in 1978, directed by John Carpenter, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. And what studio was it that it came out of? Compass International Pictures, whatever that is. <laughs> I know it was a, a production company that really didn't have any movies, when I remember, or had one. Yeah, it was more of a a smaller boutique type of thing. So I was under the lie that I had seen this movie before, and that proved, and as Maury would say, that was a lie, I found out, when I watched this movie <laughs> two days ago. That's my history with it, I've never seen it. Ken, what about you? Oh man, like, it's not a cliche when I say I grew up with this movie. Like, this is probably one of the first five scary movies that I saw growing up. I'm sure I probably saw it far too young. That seems to be a pattern. (laughs) I'm noticing, yes. Gee, why am I weird? I don't know. (laughs) But, no, it's got a special place in my heart. Okay. And Bill? Uh, I think I could just copy-paste everything I've said on all these (laughs) horror episodes. I think I saw this. There was like a period. I think everyone has this this moment where you have a, a period of your life where you're discovering these things. And mine was with my buddy who was really into horror movies, Joey, at sleepovers. So we would see all the classics, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street. And Halloween was one of those I saw. And for me, I, I wasn't really into horror movies. That's more of a recent thing I've been getting into more and more. And so I think I saw it when I was maybe 11, 12 and then I was like, oh, I saw that movie. And then I like, never again for 20 years. So I think this might be the third time I've seen it all the way through. But this movie is one of those that it's so ingrained into the culture, like a lot of the things we've done recently, yeah. that it's hard to escape. Even if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen it. But that's kind of my experience with it. So this was not a new watch through. This was like a, uh, I don't know, going back to an album I haven't listened to in like 10 years. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's a good record. I forgot about that one. All right. And Kyle. Well... I I saw the movie at first in my teenage years, and I really liked it. It's not so much that I grew up with horror movies, but, like, I was a bit of a scaredy cat as a kid. And, like, I, I, I was afraid of being scared and that type of thing as, you know, a little kid and everything. I actually saw Scream, the first Scream at a young age, and that really made an impression. That really made an impression for me and quite the impression for me and, like, Watching and growing up with the Scream movies, I just, I actually started to really fall in love with not only slashers, but horror in general. And I, uh, finally getting to see the original Halloween as a teenager, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I get why this is so well loved and well, so well renowned. Like, this movie's like, pardon my French, this movie's fucking excellent. Like, this is great. <laughs> like, I like the characters, especially Laurie. I like the the cinematography. It's beautiful. I love the 
I, I you know, shout outs to I think it's Dean Cundy who who's the uh director, uh not director, what we call that cinematographer, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and John Carpenter, of course, is the director. Yeah, just like the movie looks so damn good and like Still does. The, the yeah, the color tinting of it all, like with the film is so beautiful, especially with like <laughs> Oh, we'll get it all how, that, like, I'm sure. Especially with like at, at night when you just see that bit of blue and like it really affects the mood of it and it looks so damn good. And yeah, this movie is so, so damn good. Like see, this that's is why excellent. I got you here to join us. So one thing that I, I've said before, and this is becoming more and more like becoming the show, Bill and Ken, you guys have effect, infected me with paying attention to movies. Like when I was watching this, like Tiff got bored. I'm like. The, the music, the sound, the shots. I'm like, it's yeah. great. I'm like, where, who am I? Like, where does this even the come from? Fact, the fact that you're pointing out music cues is a success mm-hmm. in itself. If nothing else. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, Hell yeah. I was like, with, oh, they, they got the music. It's building up now. We're getting suspense. All I'm like. Audio like, on. The fact you're watching these things with audio <laughs> on is a triumph. Yes. And, and we have achieved our goal, Ken. We've, we've done, we've done a good work in the world. All right, cool. That's it, everybody. My last episode. I did. That's it. Bye. I appreciated this movie completely for what it was. Like, and that's not something I can say about majority of movies that we've covered recently. Like, I completely was engrossed in this movie. I watched it in two sittings, but I didn't want to. I was like, no, let's finish it. I'm like, I want to watch the rest of this movie. But Tiff was like, no, let's go to bed. I'm like, okay, like, I'll put on something else and we can. Cause she just wasn't into it. And I was just like, I was just, and it's not like me. Like when I watch other horror movies, I'm like, is this over yet? And this one, I'm like, man, this is, I'm just, I'm on board. Mm. That was, that was interesting on this, in this viewing. Now what's interesting to me, and maybe you can answer this question is like, this movie is an astounding movie. It's extremely well shot. Carpenter and Cundy did some of the best work done in the eighties when they worked together do you think that because this movie is so important, you may have paid attention to it more? No, because that doesn't register in Mike brain all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's more of just, it grabbed me. It grabbed me and I was just into it. And I was very interested in where it was going just and because of the sound, the, the way the camera was shot, stuff like that just drew me in versus like Blair Witch where I couldn't even pay attention. I still feel bad for it because I normally don't do that on the show, but I just could not get into that movie. No, I mean, I, was, I don't I wasn't even looking at my phone that much in this movie. I was just entertained. I was like, this is just good. I that that shocks me. You put down the Marvel snap and watch the movie actually, all the way. That that does shock me, too. Marvel snap got put on after, of course. But now the next out. the next step of your journey, you're you're moving to film snobbery. Let's just be honest. <laughs> that's what Ken and I. And I look, maybe you too. Maybe that's what you engage in. Your next oh, step. Yeah, I can. I can be a. I can be a snob. Okay, so your next step in food and in, in, in food snobbery and food snobbery is you have to sit and watch the whole thing at once. Can't take the break. You can't watch half of it on TV, quarter of it on the computer while you're editing, and then an eighth of it, and an eighth while you're in, when you're in Home Depot shopping for shelving. I think that's what you're doing during. Yeah, Sin I did that with Sin City. By yeah, way. I know exactly. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> You need to watch it in one continuous thing as as a film because it really does. I for me personally, especially with horror, like you gotta you need that continuity. If I take that break, my brain stops. The, the momentum is lost for me. Yeah, no, I I can agree with you. This yeah. I actually bought this. It was either rented or buy it. I'm like, I'm just gonna buy this, and I I can see myself at some point putting this movie back on. Good for you. And that's not something I would ever say about any other horror movies we covered. I will there. I will be. 
not ever putting Hereditary back on or freaking oh good movie. But I want to put Hereditary woo. back on tonight. I want to watch that again <laughs> after our conversation. That, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, that that was a movie where I edited the podcast. And I was still getting chills listening to our conversation just thinking about that film. So, yeah, no, that's that thing getting put on again. But I, this is I, this was a movie because there's no gore because there's very I mean, there's very little blood and it didn't. Yeah. And that's what appealed to me in a slasher movie. You know, the reason why other people aren't here for <laughs> so. And I know the story behind it that the, the the guy producing it didn't want a gore movie. He wanted something different. And I think I appreciate it more for that because it's it, it's trying that idea of cycle where it's more of, you know, don't show. Let the imagination take over. And I appreciated that more. Mm-hmm. Like just the opening of this movie with the, you know, where it starts out in Halloween 1963 and the way the music is going and all that intro to leading up to what's going to happen. It's so like tense. It is, and I, I think agree. a lot of it is that killer POV shot, yeah? Yeah. That, it's just, that. yeah, that's extraordinary. I think it's, this movie for me, I find this movie very nostalgic almost, as opposed to scary. I think this is a, as Ken's mentioned, I'm sure Kyle mentioned, a wonderfully crafted movie. This is a wonderfully crafted movie. Is it scary? <laughs> I think it depends on the year when you watch it. And I'm exactly right. And I'm trying to put my 1979 blinders on. I was not born in 1979. Damn it. Don't make that joke. Don't make that joke. Young I can't. Person. I know your gamer looks at 40. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, happens, yeah. So. Not 50. Not 50. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. My clock is ticking. But I think this is a beautifully crafted movie. And I, one of my favorite is, is this beginning moment where it's a, what, seven minute, I want to say, one shot. It feels like seven minutes. I don't know how exactly how long the one shot is. But it's a really great introduction to not only what the movie is about, which of course is this crazy killer, but the tone and the suspense that you're going to be set up for. I always say it, movies should tell you what it is right up front, or at least tell you something about what it is, even if it's going to subvert that expectation eventually. But uh, this one is is masterful the way it's done. Just the pacing of it is gorgeous. It's great. Oh yeah. And everything with the way they do it. I I didn't know this, but the movies that made us, it's it's two shots. When he pulls out the mask and they ran out of film, that's when they reset it. But you can't tell. Oh, when he puts on the mask, you mean? Yeah. That's when you lose the vision for it because they they didn't have enough film. Okay. That's fair. That's good. Good place. (laughs) That's the place to do it. Yeah. Perfect. But I mean, that just grab it and the fact that you know, like you just you don't even I mean like if you were just watching the first time you didn't really know what's going on you see a kid looking through the, your you see eyes looking through a window and then you might figure out it's a kid when they when you see his arm pick up the mask but you know just the fact that like he and then the way they say oh they're gonna be home by 10 i guess i didn't notice this until a youtube video told me but you can see the the can the the clock and then it's getting close to 10 and it's just and like the killing is so simple and it was just great like i wasn't you know because they don't show much they just you just you know have the music really playing and that does it for you. It's very much. It's very reminiscent of Psycho, which I actually do like the original Psycho. Yeah, good movie. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember liking it because I'm okay with that tone and that style. That's an Alfred Hitchcock classic, you know. Yeah, like, a damn good movie. And as I'm, I'm watching the movie in the background right now. I'm seeing a scene I do not remember at all. I'm watching the TV version. Was there was Donald Plens talking to some doctors? Oh, you said the TV version. There's actually there's a there's a bunch of extra scenes filmed for the TV version because when the movie premiered got to premiere on t- network television a couple of years after it was released the movie was actually too short so John Carpenter like filmed some additional scenes. Oh, okay, that because I was just looking on YouTube just to, I was just gonna grab something throw in the background to remind me as we're talking mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm like wait why am I seeing new scenes and all and. The problem is there's a part of me now that when I we get done at some point, I'm going to probably put this on and watch this version because I'm upset I missed things. 
I want. I don't ever say this with horror movies. Like I want more. Like I actually looked at the Halloween timeline after this. I'm like, hmm, we should cover more of these. Oh, God. oh don't don't no 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 no, no 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 oh my oh my no no. <laughs> I just found a chart because I knew there's multiple timelines and I know like there's Halloween two through six or whatever. Char- yeah, see 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 what you're saying here. Charts, timelines, th- two through six, and then we go to names. You see. This is not the market quality, my friend. These, this is not. This is not. These are not additive, my. Okay, I don't I'll know. I, go. Yeah. No, go right ahead. I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of these. To be honest. So I'm just. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Speaking from from. Uh, I just heard the newest trilogy is supposed to be good. Yeah. It is. I'll I'll go to bat for the David Gordon Green movies, and I'll also go to bat for the second Rob Zombie movie. And I'll also go to bat for Halloween H2O because it's a lot of fun and Jamie Lee Curtis gets to be a badass, but that's about it. Yeah, no, I don't know if that should happen, but I mean, just like the fact that that's how I felt after this movie is not normal Mike. So that just has to be on recording as proof that Mike liked a horror movie. But that's because it wasn't gory, and I'm sure the other ones would be gory, and the mic won't be as fond. You know what? So. It really does sound. It does. It sounds like you did more than like it. It sounds like you connected with it. I did. I mean, yeah. Like the, the yeah. fact that it's a child. That kills his sister. I don't have any siblings, by the way. So (laughs) I did not kill any sisters. But just the idea of the fact that, like, it's a child who does this. And then, you know, he and his parents just come home. And it's like I was just thinking to myself in that scene, like, and and this connected with me hugely when I mentioned it, too, is it's like they come home. They look at him. They're like, what happened? Like, what are you doing, Mike? And then, you know, he has the bloody knife. And it's like, you know, to even think about that family when they go upstairs and the whore that they're going to figure out in the next, you know. You know, a couple minutes. Like I don't know, something about that that really connected with me. Ah, I know what this is. I know what this is. Because we watched Hereditary, you're very keened in on family issues. It's not. Yeah, there's more to it that I'm not going to discuss (laughs) on here. But there's reason. So the reason why you connect to it is because you stalk babysitters. It's okay, Mike. You understand? <laughs> you wear a white flame Shatner mask. You stalk babysitters. I, I, you know, I like... love the fact that it's a Shatner mask so much because mm. I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I just I love that fact. You, you have a collection of comically large butcher knives and chef knives. Like, come on. Yes, exactly. Does a, does a chef knife really have to be that big? I've shopped for chef knives in my life. I've never seen one that big. That's a You're big old honking baby. Enough. I guess not. No, no I guess I'm not going to that little town in Idaho. Is it Idaho? Yeah. I mean, no, little town in Idaho to that Illinois? Is it Illinois or Idaho? I can't. It's like, Illinois. It's, it's, it's Illinois. It's all the same to me. It's to take place in Illinois, but the palm trees <laughs> yeah. are different. Hey, just like Nightmare on Elm Street. It was Ohio. Yeah. Palm trees in Ohio. Yeah. As somebody in Illinois right damn now, there's no palm trees. <laughs> like ironically, just... <laughs> ironically, for like almost all of the Halloween movies are supposed to take place in Illinois. Literally none of the damn movies are ever filmed in Illinois. The first two movies are filmed in California. Halloween's four, five, and six are filmed in U- in Utah. Still not Illinois. Halloween H two O. Halloween H two O is set and filmed in California. Uh, Halloween eight was not filmed in Cal- was not, was uh, filmed also in California. Uh, the David Gordon Green movies are filmed in North Carolina. The Rob Zombie movies are filmed in Georgia. Like holy shit, oh, none of these crazy. damn movies. Yeah, well, none you can of still these imitate the, the Midwest mm-hmm. enough. You just have yeah. to avoid certain things. Like you can't be like, oh look a cactus over here in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> there are none. 
If yeah, there exactly. were, I wouldn't have got as excited as I did when I visited New Mexico and had to have a picture taken in front of a cactus, okay? I, if oh, they were God. around here, I wouldn't have gotten that excited, I guarantee you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. With the zero dollars that this movie had to make itself, <laughs> it, I can understand them wanting to, to film it in places that were convenient as opposed mm-hmm. to... You know, hey, we live. Th- hey, uh, cinematographer, you live three doors down from a creepy, dilapidated house. Do you think anyone will bother <laughs> us if we spend three days shooting? Even with like knocking the door? Nope. Great. That's what you do when you do independent movies. You just use what you have. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just use, they just use what they have. Now, once you get to Halloween 8, which, by the way, if you're working on Halloween 8, do you, can you possibly say to yourself, this is going to be my best effort? Like, can you honestly yeah. say to yourself, no. I am going to, this is going to be the Halloween to make all Halloweens. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I can totally, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't bother me too much. I didn't notice palm trees though. Was, was that an actual thing that was in? There's like, I think one or there's, yeah. they try to hide them, but there's like there one a couple. or two shots. Okay. There are a couple and yeah, it's, you can't. it's fine. I mean, I it, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's not as obvious as like Nightmare on Elm Street was. Mm. No. <laughs> Cause I didn't catch them until I was watching a YouTube video pointing them out. Where in Nightmare on Elm Street, literally on the bridge they're on, or they're the palm trees. I'm like, wait a second, but that's me. Sure. there. Funny but, thing about the, all yes. the palm tree talk of like <laughs> noticing the palm trees. Weirdly enough, as a kid, well, not as a kid, as a teenager, but I guess, you know, as a kid, when, when I first saw Halloween and like saw it again, like a couple of years later as older teenager and young adult, I actually didn't notice the palm trees as my clue in that it was filmed in California. My clue in was that in some of the scenes of the, the schools of the elementary school that Tommy goes to, and the high school that Lori goes to, I, I saw like there's a brief couple of brief shot, like only like for like a second or two, like you blink and you'll miss it of like like outdoor hallways with lockers. And I'm like, oh, OK, mm. that's how I know this is filmed in California, because very good. <laughs> of course, of course, in California, you can have schools with outdoor lockers because, you know, the weather is going to be good for it. Like, yeah, like, Midwest too. yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Yeah, you yes, couldn't because- do that in Illinois in the middle of the winter, right? You know, like <laughs> yeah, no your locks in your locker would freeze. You'd be sitting there, yeah, like, exactly, <gasps> on the lock trying to get it to turn properly. Yeah, right? exactly. Well observed. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. And I do like how then it cuts to 1978 in October. Obviously, this part I felt was, for some reason, it was kind of tense to me. Like the whole thing when they're just driving in the car with Donald Plentz, which I appreciate that actor because he was Doctor Evil in one movie. Yeah, and like. Just having like just that little scene where they're talking him and the nurse in the car where they're driving. I do find it hilarious that when I was watching the behind the scenes stuff, he was drunk off his ass during the scene because he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So he had like two bottles of wine. They were saying he was just drunk, but he he did just fine. Drunk. He, he did. Yeah, he, he's a he's a pro Donald. Platt. And how good oh, yeah. is he in this? He brings yeah. a seriousness and for lack of a better term, I don't want to sound like aforementioned pompous film person, That's but a fun. gravitas to yeah, the movie. He does. He brings yeah, a weight definitely. and he brings a, a drama to it that without him, this would be, wouldn't be as tense. And I don't think it'd yeah. be a little silly. I mm-hmm. love what he brings to the table in this. He's like my favorite oh, yeah. parts of this movie. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. He does a really good job. And I had to remember bits and pieces of him in this film. And that's why I thought I'd seen this film. Because I, I know I've seen parts of it. But when I was, I was watching the whole movie, I realized I had never seen this whole thing before. Like, I'd never seen the scene uh, leading up to this when they get to the, the to the asylum and they see and then, you know, they see the patients outside. So I'm assuming that's supposed to be that Michael Myers broke out and was killing people or essentially. Right. I'm taking it. They never say, but I'm assuming that's what happened. Like, that's why they're out. If that's ever 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe Ken and, and or Kyle can speak more to it, but I don't think they really do explain because they pull up with the the rain coming down, which is a great atmospheric yes. thing. And of course, rain coming down is always fun and atmospheric. And you see, of course, the the um, the patients. I'm trying to think of a nice word to say. The patients are wandering patients. around outside, and you're like, this should not be the case. But they never bring up why this happened. So I don't think okay. it matters. Just, but I don't think it, they bring it up. It mattered to me, but no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't affect the movie. I I like it because it shows you. So, it shows you without telling you something's wrong right when they get there. He's they're like they let the patients outside just wander around the grounds with like it's raining. So obviously no, because this is not how you're taking care of people. Yeah. If I had to hazard a guess, you know, Ken's imagination runs wild. I would probably say that Michael Myers probably killed all the orderlies. Just open up the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that to me makes sense in as much as things can make sense like <laughs> yeah. that. Fair. I just wanted more. I don't know why, but I, I liked it. I, I like how when I did catch the wrench, though, when he's breaking the window, like when he, when they have the, the climb on, you see the hand smash the window. I caught that there was something on the hand that wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I watched the making of where they were like, yeah, we we had a wrench hidden in his arm because he couldn't break the window otherwise. And, I'm, and it didn't take it away from me because I just noticed something was wrong with the hand. I didn't notice what it was. And I'm like, oh, OK. Now, like if you want to talk about. Like that shot specifically, the nurse backed up to the door, the glass spider webbing off of his hand. That's I would hang that in my house. (laughs) So many of these shots in here are just beautiful examples. of stunning. Absolutely. Creepy. Like, I mean, there's even a point to her smoking because you see the matches and that's going to play a part a little bit later. Oh, yeah. I mean, so. Not much of a point, but no, but the, the <laughs> fact that the matches go on when he finds a truck later to match. Oh, this is the same. You know, the matches are the same matches that he had. So, I mean, to me, yeah. little things. I, I know it wasn't I, again. I don't understand why I was so into this movie. It respects you. <sighs> that's that's one thing I will absolutely say about this. This movie respects your time like it doesn't. Right. Yeah, you it know, is short. Tell things, you know, it doesn't beat you over the head with exposition. It doesn't walk you up to every single plot point. It's content to just be itself and treat you like you're smart. And it's like you can make your own connections. There's no fat in this movie. There's no, no this is a lean, mean movie. And I really do respect it for that. Just like you said, Ken, this is a movie that, yeah, it, it, it respects your time, respects you as a person. I think one of the things, too, that you delved into, Mike, and I think one of the reasons you really got into it was there wasn't so much other stuff going on it was a very simply presented story and a lot of it is really seeped in everyday not mundane stuff but you know chatting with friends and we're getting ready for yeah. the dance and babysitting the kids and all the and all of the scary stuff you know the actual scares per se happened in the back third of the movie so oh God. you have an hour it's an hour of buildup like this move this game move game movie whatever it is <laughs> this movie is an hour of buildup. And that's rare because movies you've seen recently, and yeah, I think of all the movies we've seen horror-wise, this might be the one that is as patient as that, where it just builds and builds and builds and character and character and builds. You get to know them. And then boom, you have your your back third with all the the action, quote unquote. And um, I appreciate that. I mean, like Hereditary kind of did it. I mean, Hereditary had stuff building, but when you get those last fucking 30 minutes, I want to 20 minutes. I want to turn the movie off because I was freaked out. But that 
And this movie didn't do that because, again, 1970, so they <laughs> weren't able to do the things that bother Mike. I appreciate that. But no, I was just, I was so engrossed. And, and of course, as I always have to do, it's after he escapes in the car, we get the title screen. Because, you know, Bill, we have to say it when we get the title screen. I do. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't remember Jamie Lee Curtis's character. That's why my note says Jamie all the time. Yeah. But it's like, they yeah. don't, I think they say it here and there. But for the longest time, I was like, I don't know what the hell her name is. And I had subtitles on. Yeah. But just I, little little things. Like when you first see Lori yeah. walking with the kid and, and they're like, oh, I got to drop the key off at the Myers house. Like if you're not paying complete attention, if you realize, oh, the person that died in the beginning with Meyer, here's the Meyer house, same place, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, little things. And I, I liked it. And when she drops the key off and you, I think you hear the music and you just see the face looking at her like there's someone in the house. And I'm like, damn it, I'm in. Again, like, and so much stalking. I love how many scenes they have of just supposed to be from Mike Meyer's point of view, just watching people. It's great. One scene I particularly want to shine a light on is that scene where she's in school and she's just kind of off in her own dreamland, looks outside and sees Mike Myers, Michael Myers. Then she, you know, kind of looks again and he's gone. But did y'all catch what the teacher was talking about? I did not. Yes, I looked it up, but I don't remember. Oh, Christ. The teacher was talking about fate. Yes. Yep. Yes. Fate. Just like they did in Hereditary, right before everything horrible went down. <laughs> okay, yep. that's cool. So I think that's a nice little nod that Hereditary threw that in for this. But it also kind of shows that Laurie Strode is just doomed at this point. Yeah. That... Like, Michael's going to come get her. So as a guy who never seen this movie before, my I thought Laurie was somehow related to him in this movie. I don't know anything else later on, but that's what I had thought that I thought she was his younger sister or older sister or something of that nature when I was at before I'd seen this film, which obviously is not the case. But that was always my headcanon because that is what osmosis did to me for some reason. I never seen this movie, but like because I'm watching the TV cut, there's a whole nother scene where Donald Pleasance is at the hospital and you see sister carved on the on the in the house and I'm, or in the in the room. And I'm just like, man, I'm watching the TV cut, by the way. I can't believe there's stuff in a TV cut that's not but in the theater. I don't know. I don't know if you need that. You I don't like need I said, it. But this, I like know. I said, it, I like this, it. This is such a trim, slim, just lean movie. I don't want yeah. more fat on these bones. I don't. Yeah, I don't want this movie to get chunky. I don't know if I need all that <laughs> extra stuff. I don't, I don't know. Me personally. No, yeah. you you probably don't need it. I'm just as I'm watching this right now and I'm seeing other scenes like that's just the strange part of me where I wanted more. Like I actually want to watch Halloween too now, even though I know that's probably not a good idea. Because <laughs> so, I want more lore, I want more canon to the series, and I know that's not what I should be doing. But uh, I mean, it canon to what though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I saw the draft that I sent you guys. Like, I know, but <laughs> to what again, end? weird thing that it did to me. But like, like even just a little scene. Like, I thought so, when you first see the the kid again at school, he's getting bullied, and he you know breaks the pumpkin. And Myers is watching him with a car. Like, I thought maybe they were gonna like kidnap him or kill him or something was gonna happen. And Nothing. The movie just tenses, the music plays, suspense builds, and just drives off, and nothing happens. And I'm just like, mm, good job, movie. You got me thinking, but you're like, nope, we're just going to pull our cards for right now. Right. And I also couldn't believe how long it takes the fucking doctor to get to the city. A few like, Myers is like, in the city stalking people, and the doctor's still just trying to drive. I think at one point they said it was like 150 miles away. Yeah, it's a hike. Yeah, they do, but Mike he's Myers got like a, pretty And Mike Myers has got an easy, you know, he's got a, a quite a lead on them you know yeah. he's he's long gone well actually you know because he gets he, he steals the car 
How? Well, who knows how long it took for them to get another one? And you know, whatever. well, using the same. Oh yeah, you use the same car. You just find out that he pulled over a truck. Which I like how they never even like address that like, there's a dead guy in the corner. You just have the doctor find the clothes and be like, oh, he changed clothes and here's the matches. And then there's just a dead guy off to the side that nobody, they just ignore. And I like that. And he's just there. You just see his face and he's dead. Well, I mean, Loomis isn't police. He's not a trained observer. Right. Mm. Maybe of the human condition, but, oh, you know. Oh, yes. He carries a piece, carries a sidearm, yeah. as any good psychiatrist would. But, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, that was terrible. No, it, uh, yeah, it, was, it I, works. For, I mean, if you work yeah. in this field, I mean, well, you're at, you're following a train kill. Well, not train, but you're following a killer. The evil. So I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I know we already talked about how good Donald Pleasance is in this role, but I still think this is probably the best he's been in a Halloween movie because all the other as the Halloween movies goes on. Loomis gets more and more insane. Mm. Okay. Like he, I don't know if the directors of the other movies weren't keeping Donald Pleasance in line or if he was trying to do a thing, but this is the calmest you will ever see Dr. Loomis. Yes. (laughs) I can kind of buy that. I mean, without knowing anything about the other movies, just like the fact that he went through this and then it keeps happening. I mean, I I guess that could lead to insanity. And he just had one bad day. Maybe his pregnant Stop. wife died when. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he knows where I'm going. That's why you he don't said need <laughs> any Joker head cannon for Dr. Loomis. <laughs> I had to. Ken. Although I don't know. Maybe Loomis, maybe Donald Pleasance could have been an interesting Joker. <laughs> anyway. And then it's right after this, you're introduced to the other girls to Lori, Annie. Linda's her name. Yep. yep Linda. Okay, I didn't know their names until way later in this movie because either they didn't say it or I wasn't paying, or I just, I don't know, I didn't catch it or I didn't write it down. Um, by the way, since uh, we're acknowledging uh, this part of the movie, I just have to say it totally. (laughs) (laughs) They fit late 70s, I'm assuming. Like, oh, one thing that Tiff wanted me to point out that she kept complaining about Lori's outfit, she kept calling her a soccer mom and stuff like that. <laughs> I, thought it was I think her outfit's cute. It's very, it's very wallflowery, but like I don't know. I think it's cute. Uh, I just thought, and I was wondering to myself, like maybe this is more like this is how. I mean, I wasn't around in the seventies. Look, <laughs> man, it was a different time. Lori's, <laughs> Lori's outfit is very functional. Yeah, <laughs> every all of her garments were put on with a purpose. It's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little chilly out. It's Halloween, so she has a light yeah, sweater exactly. on. You know, I mean, it's Illinois. Yeah. It would be She's cold. Got, she, She's got her tall socks, too. So, like, she's got- wearing her tall socks, a <laughs> yep. nice, warm, uh, like, a good, proper skirt, a nice, yep. uh, a nice, like, sweat, uh, a sweat, a sweater, a blouse. And, like, yeah, she's like, you know, she's wearing layers. She she makes sense. She she under- she saw the weather report and she's like, I yeah. know what I need to get me through today in the maximum amount of yep. comfort. She understands she's wearing. in Illinois, not in California. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. <laughs> Uh, but just like the little stuff, like her seeing the car, recognizing the car, Myers behind the bush. But by the time she tells someone else to look, he's already gone. Like, I love that idea of seeing something. But then when you try to go tell someone else that site is gone, because then you start questioning yourself, which, again, is a real thing, you know, where you don't really believe what you're seeing in the first place. So you're trying to get other people and they're like, I don't see anything mm. because in this case, they don't look up mm. <laughs> uh, and just such good little stuff. And. You get introduced to the co- yeah. You get introduced to the cop at this point, which again doesn't really play much of a part into the movie. He's just there, I guess. He's is he Annie's father or one of their father? Yeah, Annie's father. Yeah. Yes, he's Annie's, Annie's father. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he's in for a really bad day then later on when this movie goes. But yeah, I do have fun. God, that so I had seen the scene been meme forever, but that scene when Jane when uh Lori gets home and looks out the laundry and he and he's just standing there in the, yeah, in the, the laundry. Uh, I'm like, I recognize the scene in the Tiff, like, well, of course you do. It's been memed to death and everything and yeah. parodied. What it was And then she looks again and he's gone. It's like once again that damn stealth high by. <laughs> I, I like it though. Like I like how you just you know you start questioning like what the hell is going on and mm-hmm. the idea that they don't really expect that it's you know somebody's gonna kill him, which again makes sense. Why would you expect mm-hmm. it to be? They're like, why the fuck is this guy walking around with a mask on? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's also the nice thing because it's Halloween. It's not really yeah out of place for a dude to be walking around with a mask. No, it fits. And, and I while think, we're talking yeah. about functional, like Laurie dress is functional, Michael. Dresses functional. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Like just yeah. straight up dark blue yep. cover, like coveralls. It'll blend in with the darkness and the shadows. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's a good outfit. I'm really glad he killed that tow truck driver. Took his clothes. Yeah, I, I, he's, he is. He knows what he needs to do that day, and he he's his planner is full, and he is not going to be taken for surprise. I have work to do. And no time for zhuzhing. Speaking like of he style. He looked at him and eyed him up to see the make sure the right size. And, you know, like in Terminator. Went, did he, did he, okay, here's the right size. I'll kill you. Mm. And speaking of style, I, Annie has a jacket that she wears. <laughs> it's like this weird. It's not weird. It's like a flannelly type jacket. I want that jacket. Like That's a really <laughs> cool coat. Like I, she's, she's walking around with it with, in her arms. Like, oh, that's a really cool. That's a really cool coat. So there's the styling in this film. Hats off to the fashion designer, the production designer who put this together because boy, oh boy, everything is I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is like all the way correct, but apparently for the fashion in this movie, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was given a budget from from the movie staff and she just bought it. She bought a lot of the characters outfits from J.C. Penny. Like, so just like <laughs> very basic. Yeah, just well, yeah it works. Basic, though. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, uh, very I, basic I, store clothes. I assume I assume they all just pulled out her closet before walking on set. I really mm-hmm. that's what I assumed, but that makes sense too. Again, this is yeah, yeah, no, I, it all works very well. Oh, and fun fact that nobody asked for, <laughs> but I was watching YouTube. Apparently, like the, you know, because you see dead leaves throughout the area because you know it's fall in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Robert England was working with someone else. His friend was on the set, and he was and he was begging up dead leaves on this before he got other movies. So Robert yeah. England actually was somehow involved in the production of this movie. Amazing. So, I was I was watching some interview thing. He's like, "Yeah, I was on the set of Halloween." It turned out he's like, "I was just my my buddy's like, hey, I got a job." He's like, "We go pick up dead leaves." He's like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those leaves that you see are reused over and over. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's ain't the Midwest, so <laughs> and it's springtime. Like, if you only got three hundred thousand dollars, you can probably you can see every cent on that screen. Okay, oh yeah. yeah, they they made use of their money. They were smart. <laughs> you have a small scene where then Jamie Lee. <laughs> Lori is waiting for the car, and then also it, it jumps to the doctor where he's at the cemetery. And I, I also I like this where you, he goes to the cemetery and the gravestone's missing, the body's been dug up. Or was the body dug up or just the gravestone's missing? Just the gravestone. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't there a there. hole? Isn't there like a hole there? Yeah. I thought it was yeah, the body, from, but just the gravestone. The oh, that's the, that's the hole from the gravestone. gravestone. I yeah, am gravestone. so dumb. I, I thought the same I, thing. I, I looked at it and just realized, yeah, that's the hole for the gravestone. I was dummy. like, was that's, she creamy? Yeah. I'm like, man, that's a little body. That's a tiny, itty bitty body. I swear to you, that's what I said to myself last night or two nights ago when I watched it. 
That's a little itty bitty body. I don't. Wow, am I a dullard? <laughs> oh. I, I thought the same thing that she, he you can now hold body. that over like, my head for all time, Ken. You can now hold that over. No, nah, I won't. I can't. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's rude. Oh, but I did appreciate when Annie and and her are driving in the car and they're playing "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. yeah. <sighs> I'm also I love I really like that song. I like also, also I like Blue Oyster Cult. Also, you'll have to forgive me if I sound a little. Like a little, fa- if I talk a little fast during this podcast, you see, after this uh, recording, I have a date with Ben Tramer. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to take him to the damn dance. I mean, really? Yeah. Boy, Lori's still alive at the end of this movie. She <laughs> Don't worry. You'll see Ben Tramer in Halloween, too, if you decide to watch it. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm 100% on board to watch it, by the way. So that's saying something, isn't it, right there, Ken? I can't yeah. say I'll be on board after two, but I'm on board for two. Yeah, two is a movie. I know the quality there's dipping, doesn't it? <laughs> so, not there, like Hellraiser. You were like, we need to. You're like, you're like, you need to, get, you know, watch more of these. And this, we're like, oh yeah, <laughs> Hellraiser covered the whole series. Halloween. I like how how subtle it is when they're driving and they go and they run into the dad, the cop dad, and he's at the hardware store. Oh, you some kids broke into the hardware store and they stole some rope, a knife, and. Some other stuff he says, and I'm like, mm. a mask. Oh, is that where he? Well, he already had the mask. He robbed the hardware store to get the mask. Oh, yeah. okay, that's okay. That makes sense. They that were having a sense. two for one special on old Star Trek masks. That's what he was there for. He's <laughs> like, they only have the Shatner left, and I can't be Spock. So, <laughs> two shows, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, that's good though. Okay, I didn't. I guess I didn't get. It. I'm going to rewatch this movie. Damn it! And where does the rope come in? It doesn't. Well, I guess maybe the guy that's hanging upside down when he dropped, but no, I think he just placed them up there. Yeah, there's no rope. Yeah, I don't know. Good like, question. If you're gonna if you're gonna point out the rope is missing, I expect rope. It's Chekhov's rope, people. It is <laughs> the Chekhov's rope. Well, you know, hey, listen. Even though he didn't use it, he was prepared. He was also he was prepared. He was prepared he went, for every eventuality. Rope does make sense. Boondock Saints School of Preparation. <laughs> <laughs> I got my fucking rope. <laughs> oh god i need to watch that movie again and also for the oh uh, you don't <laughs> yeah you do nah, if you're gonna watch if you're gonna watch a dude bro movie at least watch a good dude bro movie like american psycho ironically i say i call that a dude bro movie written and directed by women you know i've never seen american psycho and i don't know oh, if i want to change that or not so good it's I so goddamn should. good I think you should. I, I don't I don't think I love it as much as Kyle does, but I, I think you should. I think it's worthwhile. American like Psycho is like lot. is one of the most like feminist looks at like just psychotic toxic masculinity. It's so yes. good. It's a it's yeah. a it's a more interesting movie, I think, than good. I like it fine, but yeah. How I dare just never, you? How I just you? know parts of it and I've just <laughs> been very like turned off by like oh my god, this this movie looks like this is not in my wheelhouse, but it's on my list just of things I feel like I should have watched. Mm. I'm also a big fan of Christian Bale because of Batman. So. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I'll give him a try. All right. He's he's really good in that. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Then you have Jamie goes to the house to go watch to be the babysitter. You also have a small scene where the doctor is talking to the cop and telling him, like, oh, hey, you know, this evil is coming to your town. And the guy's like, nothing happens here, buddy. <laughs> I, I do like that they're very dismissive of this murder, which, again, makes sense. That feels like a cop in a small town or, you know, it, it makes sense for the Midwest, especially mm. in a movie. You know, and I, I guess I, I, I appreciated that a lot. I do appreciate the doctor also, like, he's not insane in this movie or anything, but 
just the stressfulness of him. And I do appreciate that a lot. Yeah. One thing I do like about that scene is that Loomis is like, oh, he's dangerous. I, oh, wait, I'm, I have a license for my gun officer. It's cool. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> love that. Yeah. Like that. He, he's just tired because like Sheriff Brackett immediately is like, oh, he's so dangerous. And you let him out. And he's just like, man, Loomis tried to stop this. I felt bad. Loomis is really a victim of circumstance here. He has, he wants yes. nothing to do with this. He he just yes. wants to he wants him to stay to stay in 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 yeah he just wants to stay he wants stay in the in the uh, in the facility never get out ever so we can all move on with our lives but nope and it's not like he let him out no he didn't like, say hey you get a like day pass Loomis, yeah like Loomis yeah. took him out for breakfast one day and oops there he went out the bathroom window son of a bitch that's why you don't go to IHOP. That's it, exactly, right? Hey, Michael just wanted the the stuffed French toast. You know, sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you just really want the stuffed French toast. I'm not going to lie, that stuffed French toast is to kill for. I say, you right? know what, that, that and, and I say standard IHOP pancake and the omelet, because they put a little bit of pancake batter in the omelet, evidently, to give oh. it extra <laughs> fluffiness. <laughs> and let's be honest here, if we're going to go would... down this road of the International House of Pancakes, has anybody ordered, like, a burger from there? No. Yeah. no, who would? What? No, of course. I get like a, I got a great problem. I before. would murder a few teenage girls for those cinnamon, uh, <laughs> those cinnamon bun pancakes. Those are great. Oh, cinnamon bun pancakes are great. But I'm saying, has anyone oh. ever ordered like a dinner food? Yes. Like, no. Really? Yeah. Okay. You're, I you're, used to work at IHOP. Oh, oh really? Server. Oh, okay. Oh so God, then you okay. definitely did. Okay. Yeah. I've always wondered, like, why do you have that piece of the menu? You could save so much money. Just don't oh, go no. there for burgers and fries oh no yeah. i promise you between the hours of 11 p.m and 3 a.m <laughs> that's all you're serving you're oh, serving up greasy diner food to uh, get the drunks through the night I yeah promise. that makes sense that does yeah. make sense i grew up in northern new jersey in diner culture so for me i going to ihop for like a set of disco fries does not sound like anything a, a true true born new jerseyan would do but anyway sorry no. we got off for no it's not no, no, you go to a uh, diner but that's interesting. anyway everybody go check out i have but no <laughs> uh, but another scene that makes you jump is when like we were talking about with the gun but the reason why he pulls out the gun showed in the license because they're in the old myers house and then that gutter breaks and hits the window and like you know you have another jump a little jump scare but again it's building the tension up and nothing happens You're like oh you know we made you jump but everything's safe yeah you know like false insecurity <laughs> They make you jump, and they hit you with that musical stab, like the loud music. And John Carpenter even calls them cheap scares. And he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody watching this movie learned exactly the wrong fucking lessons from it. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're cheap scares, but they work because of the music and the sound design to build that tension. And there's enough stuff happening to keep you entertained and, sus- and in suspense. Oh, we haven't even talked about the music yet. I was going to say, I mean, we, got- we can we can do a whole section on the music, which is just extraordinary. But you have make, you make a very good point, Ken, about how everyone took the jump scare, which is not, it wasn't the origin of the jump scare, but really no. in that frame, like quick, you know, the music being effective, et cetera. We, they all took that and went the wrong direction. Everyone started making cakes not, with nothing but frosting because jump scares mm. should be the frosting on the cake. It can't be the whole cake. And then directors just say, we're going to make frosting so- cakes made of frosting. And that was that's where that all fell apart. The music is so vital. Imagine seeing this with, on mute. 
Yeah. It would be intolerable. It would be yeah. intolerable. Beautiful. Like you said, Ken, there's at least a dozen scenes in this that could easily be the movie poster because they're that stunning and gorgeous. But they're, without the music, this just doesn't work as well. And that iconic Halloween theme is perfection. I know. I mean, I don't know how to, any other way to say it. I mean, I, I don't know. I try not to use that word flippantly. It's simple. It is yes. a very simple, like, keyboard riff and just a little bit of drum tracking in the background. And it's so effective. And everybody's done. Like, if you have a keyboard in your band, you've probably done a cover of the Halloween theme. Yes. Nine Inch Nails has done a cover of the Halloween theme. It's yep. great. But, like, it's it's a song that you hear and you immediately know. And nowadays, that's all John Carpenter does. He does music, plays video games, yeah. and <laughs> he likes talking about basketball. Dope. What a great. Hey, listen, he's earned it. He has yeah. earned to yeah. live the life he, he wishes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Great. And I'm glad that he's he got a, he's gotten like what is mostly like a redemption song for his career. Because like, man, like so many people, so many people really dunked on like a lot of his filmography. But then like when the critical renaissance happened in like the 2000s and the 2010s, it was like. Yeah, good. He's finally getting the recognition he deserves. Thank God. Because like his mo- a lot of his movies like just kick ass. Like Halloween, The Thing, Starman. You know, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. One of my favorite live. movies of all time. They live like that movie's a masterpiece. They live like in the mouth of madness. Like just so many great movies. I would love to cover the full apocalypse trio someday. I, we've talked about this before. We talked about it during the thing. Okay, what were the three of them again? Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. Those okay. are the other two. Was oh, the so. thing the first one? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely up for covering more of his stuff now, especially after this. And I just watched They Live recently for another podcast, Moment of Fantasy. So I and I yeah, I'd be up to watching that again too because I own it. So <laughs> I bought that too. But no, I'm definitely curious now, especially after watching this and realizing how much I enjoyed this movie. I'm I'm, I'm up for more. I, I, I do. Another thing I thought was good, like just to build backstory when the doctor's explaining how he met Myers. And this is when he really goes on about like how the kid is pure evil and stuff. Yeah. That's all this there. Like, again, I, I like that stuff. I thought it was it, it helps build attention or not. Maybe not tension the right word, but it helps build like gives you more reason to fear what's about, what's coming and to build up your own version of what you think is going to happen soon. And that's the really cool thing about this movie is that there is no opportunity for you to identify with Michael Myers, to feel bad for Michael Myers. He is just a force of nature who's going to come here and fuck shit up. (laughs) Like that is his purpose, his raison d'etre, if you will. Mm. And he's just going to make everybody sorry that it's Halloween. He is, he is there a, to ruin your holiday. <laughs> yeah. And I love that Loomis's speech is like, I met this six-year-old child with the blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Blackest eyes, the devil's yeah. eyes. Like Jaws didn't come out three yeah. years before. Nice yeah, exactly. try. I see what <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that's exactly. That's a Jaws thought. reference? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Quint's shark speech. Yeah, oh, I've is. never seen Jaws, Darkly by the way. What? Don't ask me why, okay? I you got nothing. Never, you've no, never, never seen Jaws. 
Nope. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh my That's god. Me. Yes, because it's true. <laughs> no, I want to see right. it. I just haven't gotten around to it and I don't know why. Oh. My wife says the exact same thing to me. She's like, How will you not have seen Jaws? And I'm like, Hell, it's I didn't a see this. Masterpiece. Uh, it's it's gonna fine. Be show. I want to see it. It's fine. Oh, and, and then this is when everything becomes nighttime in the movie when you have. So I was very confused. And Annie's over at this house. Was that Annie's house or was she babysitting somebody else? She was babysitting. Annie, Annie was babysitting Lindsay Wallace. Yes. Right. Okay. I want to give a shout out speaking to that of Annie babysitting Lindsay. Uh, sorry, just I want to give a shout out to one of my other favorite characters uh, in this movie. And that character is the big ass bowl of popcorn that Annie makes. Oh. Shout out to that character. Well, what I I am I am a big fan of big ass bowls of popcorn. He needs a terrible babysitter. Yeah, but it was the seventies. It was a different time. I'm just gonna put that on a soundboard. I mean, I'm sure that was. I'm sure that's not that. Well, she's just like, okay. Well, the brat's watching TV. I'll make her a snack, and she'll shut up. And I mean, that part was fine. The part where you have your friends over to go fuck upstairs. That's the part where I was like, yeah, exactly. Maybe not that far. Like. She's watching the t- She's watching TV and eating her snack. She's not going to notice anything. Yeah, she's watching the thing from another world. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that John that- Carpenter would remake four years later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. and just little things like when she's on the phone. When it, when what is her name? Amy. What the the, gr- the, the girl the, Annie the, Lindsay? Not Lindsay. Oh, oh, the, and, oh okay. Lord. Lindsay's babysitter. Okay. Uh, yeah. Annie. Annie. Sorry. Okay, my I, brain I thought you just were referring blanked. to the little girl. I'm sorry. No. So when Annie's on the phone and the dog starts getting upset, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. And then it didn't go there. Like, she, she starts stripping. I'm like, why are you stripping? Like, where? Like, I'm like, okay, you feel, you know, I was just. And then she goes to the laundry. I'm like, all right, she's going to die in the shed. Also, why the fuck is the laundry in a shed? But I guess it was the 70s, right? It was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> in California, where, you know, like. They don't have faces. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, Illinois, you wouldn't want to walk outside like, hey, but, hey, I'm going to wash the clothes. All right, honey, make sure you put on your snow pants, your winter jacket, your, yeah, hat, exactly. your gloves, your scarf, your boots. Yeah, we have basements in Illinois because we don't have earthquakes like California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. It's very good. You're right. Yeah, that also, wouldn't fly in Texas either because we don't have yeah. basements in Texas. At least in Austin, we don't. Well, you got flooding to worry about. You got yeah, people exactly. Right we do. Yeah. Also, heads up: the voice of the boyfriend on the phone call uh, that calls uh, that calls for Annie uh, when Lindsay picks up. That's the voice of John Carpenter. Oh. Um. Yeah. Cool. Good old yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul. Hi, hi, Annie. This is Paul. Like that. Yeah, that's John Carpenter. And when when Annie got stuck in the shed, I thought she was gonna die in the shed. Like there were multiple times I'm like, they're gonna kill Annie. And nothing. Like, the dog dies, unfortunately. Mm. But they just, like, Annie just keeps getting by. It isn't until, like, okay, when Annie brings the kid across the street, she's like, here, you know, Lori, watch this other kid. I'm supposed to go pick up my boyfriend. And then she, when she, she goes to the car twice, and I really appreciate it. She goes once, oh, the car's locked. Goes to get the keys. Goes back to the car. Wait, that's not her car, is it, that she's getting into? No, it's not. The fuck is this? Is a terrible babysitter. Terrible babysitter. But like when she goes and opens the car, and she doesn't think anything about it. She sits down. She goes, "Wait a second. Why is the door unlocked?" And I love that. Like you can see it in her head, where she's like, "Wait a second. Well, plus all the windows are fogged up on the inside. Oh yeah. And that that right there is some storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Give yep. it up for John Carpenter and Dean. Oh yeah. Oh, high five. High and, five. Yep. Did he stab her in the head or he just choked her? Choked her out. 
Yeah, okay. choked her. Maybe that was the rope. No, he's he's probably pretty strong hands that guy. So I think oh, it's just yeah, uh, he does, he does. Clamp down. Uh, yeah, and then he kills her. That was a good scene. And then like when he goes back to Lori in the house with the two kids, and the and the boy looks outside and he sees the boogeyman again that he keeps referencing because of the stupid kids way earlier in this movie said the mm. boogeyman's gonna get you and. Like, he just sees this guy carrying Annie, but by the time he gets Lori to look, you know, Myers is gone. Just little things that I'm like, this is great. I just want to know how he knows that somebody's watching him. He's like, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to wait. There, that little shit's pointing at me. All right, behind (laughs) a tree. (laughs) Like, if you got to think about it, like, this is some A-plus petty bitch level shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he is... He is dramatic as the day is long. Michael Myers is queer culture. I'm going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like this, that that outfit, the hair, the being a drama llama, like (laughs) Michael Myers is queer culture. That's it. Done. I love it. Well done. That's that's why in the third act, when he's chasing after Lori, when Lori's screaming, he's like, yes, queen. Yes. The part that bothered me is when Linda and the boyfriend show up at Annie's house after Annie's been murdered and supposedly left. And they're just like, well, hey, you know what? Annie's not here. Let's go upstairs and fuck in someone else's house. Well, look, that was the plan the whole time. It really was. Oh, yeah. They were going to go over there to fuck. So, all right, Annie's not here. She probably went to go get Paul so that they can fuck. Well, let's get a head start on it and let us fuck. (laughs) But I was just thinking to myself, why are you fucking in someone else's bed? In someone else's house where your baby's like, like Why just, wouldn't you? That's a new bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, everyone has a different everyone that's has a checklist, right? I mean, yeah, you guys don't that's, okay. that's a story. It is. It is a story. <laughs> hey, did I ever tell you about that time I fucked in Sheriff Brackett's bed? Dope. Wow. Ah, those were the times. Did we bother changing sheets? Nope. No, no, no. Nah, it'll be funnier this way, trust me. Way funnier. That's right. All right, I I love when you know she so Linda and the boyfriend, I forgot his name, are in the bed together. Bob. (laughs) Bob. After they have sex and everything, they're smoking, which again always makes you laugh because I'm not a smoker, but I know that's a thing. I am, and it is a thing. (laughs) I've dated smokers. (laughs) So I like it was just funny to me because she's like, go get me a beer and when he goes downstairs, like, because, again, it's a guy, so they had to dress him back up and put his pants back on and everything. Mm-hmm. But when when he gets murdered, like, it's a good scene. How Myers just starts choking him, holds him up, and then, like, like st- did he stab him in the heart then, I guess? Because he died. He just looked like he died kind of quickly. Stabbed him kind of in the torso area, but, yeah. like, with the amount of force that you need uh-huh. to drive a knife through the wall and pin somebody yeah, there. Yeah. It doesn't really matter where you get stabbed. You're fucked. Oh, point. But uh, and I guess there's supposed to be symbolism to why Myers puts on the, the white sheet on himself and then goes upstairs because he's racist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I didn't read that one into it. I didn't read that into it. But, uh, no, I, I think it's supposed to be something with him being introduced <laughs> to sexuality early with somebody. So I don't know if that's tr- what they were actually going for. But I, I I laughed a bit when he goes upstairs and he's wearing the sheet. He put the glasses on the sheet. It's very silly. I mean, it oh. is. It is very silly, silly yet sinister. I, I, it strikes a good balance. Well, and he's just looking again, at man. Linda, and she's like, "You like what you see, Bob?" And and he's just standing there, and she's like, "Where's my beer?" And there's no beer. He's probably feeling very confused. Like yes. he 
he has some conflicting emotions here. Oh, sure. But I think that because she's topless, he immediately like, oh, this reminds me of my sister. Yep. I have to oh. kill my sister. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and if we just if we could just backtrack a teeny little bit to um, we were talking about how come the boy mentioning him as the boogeyman as the boogeyman. Oh, yeah, I yeah. really love when movies and, and Halloween does this exceptionally well takes scary stuff and distills it down to what a child would be afraid of because i think that really allows us to connect because all of us were afraid of the dark at some point all of us had said to an adult there was something in the closet and there's nothing in the closet and you feel like an idiot because you pointed out something in the closet that wasn't really there and that kind of idea of a child being right is really appealing and i think connects with us on a deep level because as kids i think we all want to be understood and heard so I, that's why I love sure. when movies do that, when they, when they make the kids right. And uh, so I just wanted to touch on that real quick before we got past it. But yeah. And like touching on the boogeyman thing, like every culture has their own type of boogeyman myth. Mm-hmm. You know, the bogeyman in England, if you want to be, you know, a dick about it. But <laughs> like there's so many different cultural variants in, you know, Latin America in spain like everybody has one and by putting michael myers in a mask like that in coveralls that are very unremarkable he becomes a universal threat like anybody watching this is like oh i don't like that it's the boogeyman oh i don't like that at all so like it's just it's really cool the way that it is like you said distilled down to that because everybody, even the adults in the back of their mind, remember the boogeyman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. It's unsettling. It's it's oh, very unsettling. And that's and I think that's what John Carpenter does very well is unsettling. Yeah. Again, not it unnerving. It's funny, after watching um after watching Hereditary, for some reason, you know, obviously you have like Google recommends things for you on my phone. It's constantly giving me BuzzFeed articles to read or you know, click listicles to to read. And one of them was about uh, the, uh, it was a video from The Office. It was like six season, maybe, or seven season. I don't know how many seasons of that. But it was one where, and it was after, the, after I stopped watching it after like the six seasons, if I don't know the characters. But I think it's a character, Gabe, who's really creepy. And he makes The Office watch uh, Unsettling Cinema for Halloween. Oh, God. And it's, and it's like all black and white. And it's shot, it's just scenes of, Someone cutting a birthday cake and blood and black stuff coming out of it in black and white and like somebody chewing slowly. And it's all unsettling cinema. And all I could think was like, did did Google give me this because I just watched Hereditary, which is full of unsettling yes. crap? And I don't know. Why, maybe that's what it was. Um, but unsettling is a very unique sort of fear thing, like a fear thing. It's a very uns- it's a very unique sort of emotion, I think, unsettled. And something's not right, and I don't like the fact that it's not right. Uh, and I think that is pretty universal as well. I think Fair. Germans had a word for it. Gosh, what was it? I want to say it was unheimlich. And, and in, in in that office <laughs> scene, one of the shots is like is Stanley like getting into the car from like from the view of the back seat, and so clearly it's stuff that he is shot. It's like his unsettling cinema <laughs> feature. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm like, I want to watch more of this unsettling cinema. Seems actually really cool. You're pretty, yeah, you got a good eye there, Gabe. 
I like the the murder scene of Linda where she's on. She calls the phone or she calls Lori, and then she's just getting choked, and she and Lori thinks she's just having sex on the phone. Like, why do I gotta hear you have sex? Like, it was just I don't know. I found it amusing. Oh no, it's very amusing. So because oh. she had just gotten like that call from Annie earlier that where it like disconnected or she oh, yeah. wasn't on the phone and she thought and it was there a was prank no call. sound and, and then she heard like a bit of noise and she thought it was some creepy person and then she calls back and like oh why'd you hang up she's like oh well, i didn't hear anything sorry i was chewing food and it's like oh why yeah the hell would you why the hell would you chew food in the middle of a phone call like eat your food and then phone I like mean, i have done that especially in the 90s yes. <laughs> so like this makes sense because if linda's calling from annie's house then you know laurie's probably like oh great Annie told her, and now this is a funny thing we do to the Girl Scout. Ha, 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 you guys <laughs> Yeah, because you, you also have the thing earlier where Annie tells Lori that that, that boy, that guy is, is going to go on a date with her. Ben that she wants Tramer. to go on a date with him. Yep. Good old Ben Tremor. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, more, I more stuff that fits where, where it's going. <clears throat> and I, 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 another thing that I found amusing was how the doctor all of a sudden notices the car outside Meyer's house, like, and he's been there for hours. Like, oh, look at this car that I never paid attention to. I, I was amused like he didn't notice the car sooner, buddy. It's an unremarkable car, though. But you think the logo on the side of the car would get your attention. Was it on both sides? I don't I, I think so. I'm not sure. I also read a lot. Like, in general, if I see something, my brain will read it. Maybe that's not normal. No, I mean, I think it makes sense. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> why aren't you a psychologist, Mike? You could have saved Haddonfield. But, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a cop when I was a kid. I wanted to be a detective. That never happened. But that was one of my things I wanted to do as a kid. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Don't like the taste of boot. I also want to be oh! an artist. <laughs> I want to be an artist, too. And I, I guess I'm an artist now somewhat, right? You are an artist, my friend. This is your it's art. creative. It this is. is art. Is I just can. can't draw. That's a fact. Oh, but I can't either. I can record. I can't either. And then I think this is when finally after... Yeah, so Jamie's been at the house. She she notices weird shit going on in the house across the street. The lights, go off, the lights are on. The lights go off. And, you know, she had the weird phone call. So finally, she put the two kids to bed and she goes across the street to go investigate to see what's happening. And this is when the movie, like all the tension. I mean, you had a few bad things happen, people getting murdered, but everything's building up to this part. And I feel like this is when it gets like it. it, it the suspense finally pays off. And it's so good. I really enjoyed everything that happens from here on. It wasn't like we making jokes hereditary where I was like, oh, fuck, freaked out. I was like. I was on the edge of my seat, but I was completely entertained and ready for that. And I knew she didn't die, so that helped. <laughs> I knew she couldn't die because there's sequels with her in it. So. Yep, and you got your final girl. Oh, uh, you I love did. a final girl. Gotta love Hell it. Hell yeah. I really do. I mean, I, I, I didn't realize it was a thing for me, but it is. It's my thing. So Final girls are my superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I really That's like, a t-shirt. I, I like horror movies where the where the where the girl the final girls. I, I like that idea, so I'm definitely gonna watch more horror movies that have that theme. But just like the way that when she goes in the house, like she goes to the front door, the front door is locked, nobody answers. She goes to the back door, sneaks in the house looking for her friends, and everything is so dark. And like you're just waiting for Mike Myers to jump out any second, and just nothing happens. She just goes around the house, goes up, and it isn't until she gets upstairs. When she finds Annie in bed, dead with a tombstone there. Yeah, with not just any tombstone, the tombstone. She doesn't, well, I'm assuming she knows the story of the Myers, so yeah. I, that seems like a boogeyman story that everybody in town knows, I would yeah. imagine. 
Because even that little kid, like, it's years later, and he knows. Oh, yeah, when you have the, the bully kids that go to the house, and then the guy scares them off, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really like what Donald Pleasance was doing there. <laughs> Scaring kids. Like, like yeah. this voice, it sounded a little uh, racially coded. <laughs> a little bit. I know not it. Oh, oh, no, it sure did. Get on away. <laughs> That's right. And then, As you said, Ken, it was the seventies. It was a different time. It was time. a different time. Uh, it was a different time. Where racism was okay before it wasn't, and then it was okay again, unfortunately. But it wasn't. Uh, we thought it was in this country for a bit. Uh, <sighs> uh, <laughs> I had to. That's okay. It's 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 fine commentary. That's what we're gonna yeah. Oh, and then like again. I, like I, as anyone who knows me, I don't like horror and stuff like that. But like, I guess it's really isn't that much horror. But like, Bob pops out of the ceiling. He's just hanging there dead. I Great. laughed. Oh, I you know I didn't quite laugh. I, it was yeah, it's pretty ghoulish. Again, a lot of this stuff, I want to say quaint because that 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 definitely diminishes what it is. But this is really effective stuff. I mean, this yeah, I mean, is now maybe not, maybe everything laugh, is. But I was I I think I was more I laughed at not like laughing. Like, <laughs> I was like oh like I yeah. just thought it was just funny that he just drops out in front of her. And then Linda's like, he shoved Linda in like a cabinet or something. Yep. Or, he just yeah. shoved her in a cabinet. That's it. Ran, ran out of, ran out of rope. So they <sighs> shoved her in the, in the cabinet. This is really excellent because this is the movie ratcheting from five to 10. Yes. Like it just hits the gas pedal at this point. Now, mind you, this movie's gas pedal is not that fast. It's like, you know, 1920 <laughs> Model T. But it's fast enough. It's fast enough for this movie. This is when we're now getting down to brass tacks. This is when the rubber is hitting the road, and we're now we're now a moving. Uh, yeah, all the all the great buildup, the setup to this moment of again, and even like I would say, even the killings have been like set up to this part where you have body and the tombstone and all of it's presented here. And now it's uh now it, now she knows. Lori's aware of what's going on. There's a killer on the loose. Her friends are dead. And it is now time to run and scream and defend herself. So uh, this is when we start really ratcheting a bit. Well, yeah, and she does like they even they even handicap her in a sense where they have her get cut and then fall down the stairs so she's injured the rest of the movie. Like, but I mean, was I thought- she really? Because I mean, was she really? She seemed pretty. Uh, I mean, she's limping a few times. Doesn't well, she? I'd try, I try. I mean, that's fine. She fell from quite a height. I mean, I was. You wouldn't be okay. No. I'm pretty sure. But I guess, I mean, in this, in this situation, it, you don't have a choice. It's either don't be okay and be dead or suffer and try to survive. I guess you don't have a choice. I don't know. I just like that they had to injure her somewhat to make her equal playing level as Mike Myers. It felt like that's all I took it. And there's the, there's that one scene when, when she's in the, ho- in the house and she's crying by the closet. And all of a sudden you just see Michael Myers' face in the corner before he walks out into the frame to stab her. Oh, so good. Exceptional <gasps> framing. Exceptional framing. It is. That... I appreciated it. Good. I'm so glad. See, so it's, glad. See, it's all your guys' fault. Because, like, me and hell, when we when we were starting, when, earlier when we did this podcast, we were watching Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, what an all, you know, this is fun. And now I'm just, like, critiquing movies with it's you perfect. guys. perfect. We should, we should watch them all again, Mike. All, all 58,000 of them. <laughs> no. Yes. I don't even want to watch the new ones anymore. Oh, like, cover them for the show. <laughs> I just like I, I just like yeah whatever. I mean MCU is going to reboot itself at this point that we're going. They're going to yeah. So, God, but no. a, a little part that I thought was interesting that got me curious how he did it. But when she gets downstairs and she tries to go off the back door, but he put a he put a rake to lock the door. I mean how he got back in the house I don't know, but still I thought that was impressive. Like 
So he's like, okay, you know, you go in the house, sure, you know, you activate the trap, and then I'll seal you in. And plus, like, you think about the strength that he must have to punch through a fucking door. Yeah. Those louvered doors are cheap as shit, though. <laughs> yeah, you got a good point there. They got, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever the 1970 equivalent of, of Walmart is, that's that's where they got those. That, 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 that's, that's all Harbor Freight. That's nowhere near. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds like a total insult. Hey, your mom buys doors at Sears. <laughs> uh, you know what I just thought of? If someone listens to this podcast 30 years from now, they'll be like, Sears, what's Sears? What's Sears? <laughs> There's a new Sears store open in California, so watch your mouth. Sears right. is coming They're coming back. back. I guess. Mm. All right. There. Oh, I, one very believable scene that happens after this is when she's running outside and she goes to the neighbor house and neighbor's house and cries for help. And they close the windows and turn off the light. I love that. I love that because it's such a non-Americana thing. And remember early on when the, the, the police officer or the sheriff is saying, this is a town of families, women, not women, children, but children, families, <laughs> all up and down these streets are families. And that's supposed to, I think, elicit this idea of like 1950s style Americana. Yes, we're here to help our neighbors. I had to do the voice for you. Just for you, Mike. Just for you, I'll do the voice. And and when, and when in her time of peril, when she's screaming at the top of her lungs, mind you, it's Halloween. Okay, right? So probably there's lots of kids throwing around screaming. The person sees her through the window, sees the screaming woman who's clearly not doing this for effect. This is not a Halloween prank and just very quickly turns out the light and shutters the window <laughs> is such a, the opposite of what you would expect. Good old wholesome Illinois would do. It was, I, I had a very good uh, inside chuckle at that. I was like, that is very, I don't know if that was intentional knowing the, knowing his work. I bet you it is. And good on you, because that was a very sharp bit of a uh, commentary. As a guy who grew up in Milwaukee, I completely believe that. Not a personal experience as a guy in the Minnesota. I once had a friend get completely drunk, like stone cold drunk, and was running down the, the street screaming. And nobody called the cops and nobody came out to see what was wrong. So I don't you know answer what? my Wait, phone if I don't recognize the number for for sake of inconvenience. You think I'm going <laughs> to I can tell you <laughs> for a fact, problem. Bill, you're not the only one. For some reason, I know this for a fact, but people don't answer the phone. They don't recognize the number. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, my line of work. So I completely know how that goes. Uh, but just I don't know. It's just such a good little scene because it's so it's so Amer- Midwest America. It's like it ain't our problem. We ain't, we ain't getting involved. <laughs> it, yeah, that's that's the one part of Illinois they got right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, and then she runs back to the other house, and then I like how like there's just enough time for her for the kid who's like slowly waking up to get downstairs somehow, like way faster than he should have, and unlock the door to save her. All I could <laughs> think was if all I could think of was if that was my kid and I was ringing the bell and I was knocking on the door, screaming my bloody head off. I would be dead. The movie would be done <laughs> in that minute because my son wouldn't wake up for anything. We've had full blown thunderstorms, Texas thunderstorms it can be really violent and loud. How shaking, literally how shaking with thunder. And there he's up there. <laughs> Nothing wakes that child up. So all I think it was like my son would let me just get bludgeoned to death by the scary William Shatner monster. So Bill be like, help, wake up! I wouldn't even bother. I'd be like, oh, it's 11 o'clock, crap. All right, you know what? I guess I'm just dead. I'm just dead. There's nothing I can do. 
she grabs a flower pot and goes after Mike Myers in a flower pot. Like, I guess this would be more useful if I throw it at you. <laughs> I'm going down swinging. <laughs> and then she, when, when she gets in the house and then also she notices the window is open or something. Uh, again. And then like such a tense scene with her when she's, when she kind of like generally fight him, I guess, but she stabs him with a needle right in the neck. Ow. Yeah. You would not be okay after that. I'm well, assuming. you <clears throat> are not the Michael shape. Myers. No. Yeah, the shape. They do yeah. never, ever say Michael Myers in this movie. They just say Michael, never call him Michael Myers. But they do say it's the Myers house. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they and never put Michael. those two the, words together. The, right. Good point. Even during the credits, even during the credits, he's, he's credited as the shape. Shape. Right, because he's so depersonalized at this point. Like, there's nothing about him that you should identify with. Yeah. He is the boogeyman. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, he's Haddonfield's Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Like, Godzilla doesn't have any malice. Godzilla just does what Godzilla does. And I feel like Michael Myers is the same way. Mm-hmm. Other m- future movies would go and prove me wrong. But in this <laughs> movie... I feel like Michael Myers is less a vindictive killer and more of just a bad thing that happens. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's that's what they're going for in this movie. And you can definitely feel it as a guy who has not seen anything else. That's how I took it, too. I like how she takes his knife. I thought that was cool. I think I don't think she keeps it, but she takes his knife for a bit. And then I know she sends the she goes upstairs. Does she get attacked again when she no, she goes upstairs. I think sends the kids away. Yeah, and then gets she gets the attacked. kids out, and then she gets attacked. Oh, but like when she goes in the in the house and in, in the bedroom, like I thought she was gonna open the window to make him think that she jumped out the window, but instead she hides in the closet. And that whole scene of him just shaking the closet for like a good like ten to fifteen seconds, it felt like so intense. I liked it. I it was, I don't think myself. Oh, she's gonna be quiet to like hide him, you know, to hide that she's in there. But it's like she starts crying and like almost screaming, which again makes sense. But yeah. like he knows she's in there, and then he just busts through the freaking closet. I'm like, this is this is awesome. And like after she sends the kids out, we just kind of breeze right past this. Yes. This becomes oh, yeah. the most iconic thing in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Michael Myers is down. He's out. Lori is crying just so happy to have survived and then in the background out of focus just goes 90 degree turn sitting upright not dead he's ready for round two and that is such a michael myers thing now like just the simple sitting up not making a production of it just like i'm not done yet i have another thing i'd like to say here with my knife and the core strength to do that. My God, the core oh. strength to go from prone to 90 degrees, man, man alive, the sit-ups. <laughs> yeah. And so smoothly. Oh. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when she, but to go back to when she's in the closet, she stabs him with a fucking, like, again, this wouldn't work in the nineties because you wouldn't have those old steel clothes, uh, hangers that you can, you know, grab and move. Yeah. But if it's, I mean, you would have had them in the 70s. I mean, all mine are plastic now, but in the 70s, you would have had the metal. Oh, I had the metal in the 90s. That's a good point. <laughs> and that would fucking hurt. I'm assuming she stabs him in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Ooh, he would not be okay after that. Doesn't she then stab him with a knife, too, I think, after that? Yep. yep. She mm-hmm. fucks him up in this movie. However, like, like Ken just said, you are not Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> you, would be a, you would have a problem, but Michael Myers keeps on trucking. Yeah, just Michael back Myers, up. this is just a Thursday. Just a Thursday. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, after this... Let me see. 
Wait, he gets up, and this is when he's choking her near the end. Oh, this is when she sends the kids away. I guess I thought she did already, but no, this time, then she thinks she killed him. So then she sends the kids to go get help, and that's when he attacks her. And then when they, when they run outside, that's when the doctor notices the kids running outside screaming, and then rushes inside the house yeah, with his gun so drawn. Somebody finally actually does something right. Yeah, so someone makes the right move. When kids are screaming from outside, from kids are genuinely fleeing in terror, maybe you should go investigate. And boy, was he happy he had that handgun on him. He's probably spent <laughs> his entire career toting this dumb gun around. He bought it for personal defense. He's like, crazy people can sometimes get violent. Never used it. And just the one time, he came in handy. And I don't know, there is something about the shot of a classic, like, 70s-era gun it's very distinct. I don't know what it is. It sounds very con- concussive. Prang. I don't yeah. know. It feels good. It does feel good. It feels really good. Yeah. Gunshots feel good in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> My Nicole Kidman voice. I uh, love it. But no, like, you are right, Bill. You are 100% right. There was something about it that it just it felt good. And I think it is that 70s thing. Like, I know I watched Dirty Harry and here, I mean, again, completely different gun, but the same idea. Like, it's it just rings better. I don't know. That was the boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. That uh, <laughs> iconic. Yes. Iconic. And delivered with such a just meatiness. I don't know. I'm thinking of a word. I don't want to say gravitas again. Such meatiness, such yes. depth. Oh, so good. Damn, is he good in this movie? Boy, oh boy. And the, and he takes what I think he Mike, Mike Meyer takes like five shots to the, to the chest yeah. and then falls off a fucking building. Like, and I guess this wasn't supposed to be the original ending. The original ending is he wasn't you weren't supposed to see him, but then they changed it to where when they go when he looks to the thing, he's not there anymore. Yep. Which I like. And that's where all the problems started. <laughs> I don't know if you mean for the movies or for the characters in the movies. I feel like you yes. didn't mean that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel the reason why I say that is because when I mentioned doing sequels on this show, you're like, yes. And this you're like, no. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Do all of the movies have something interesting in them? Absolutely. I will defend most movies. Like, there's not a lot of things that I'm just like, no, it's a horrible movie. I hate it. One of the later Halloween sequels has Busta Rhymes in it. I'd Why? rather take, I would rather take Busta Rhymes than, than, I guess I'll say it. I would rather take Busta Rhymes than Michael Myers impregnating his own niece. That's fair. Yeah. Wait, is that a plot in this movie or one of these movies? In Way down this, the line. One of the but sequels, yeah. yes. Oh my God. Way yep. down the line. Why? Don't travel down this road, Mike. Don't travel down this road. I don't think I'm there going plenty to of, be honest. There are plenty of roads to travel down that Ken and I will gladly, and Kyle now too, uh, evidently, will yeah. gladly lead you down by the hand. Hellraiser, oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, hey, Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. Let's go for it. I like the stupidity. Friday the 13th series. I'll gladly walk you down that road. Trip trapping down the bridge. But Halloween, yeah. Mike. I don't know, man. Uh, I'll, I'll do it, I'll go there. Mm. I'll do it. Oh, listen, you know me. I'll do anything. I'm an ass for being on a show. Come on now. The only one that I'm <laughs> curious about is the newer ones that came out. Well, okay. You know what? You have a choice here. Because you watch this and then immediately go to the first David Gordon Green movie. Yeah. There's a timeline. You've committed yep. to that timeline. Yeah. <laughs> I, or I, you watch Halloween 2 and you regret where you end up. Because <laughs> I know there's the, I remember it like, I remember as a kid in 1998 when H2O came out, I did not give a shit about it, but I remember it as a thing. Mm-hmm. 
and then like I know that's another like because I, I know there's like there's one there's one timeline which is one two four five six I think it is and there's one two H two O which is in 1998 so 20 years later and then that one and there's this one and then it goes through Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the timeline I heard good things about because oh, there's also the Rob Zombie two movies too, which I have no have yeah, but, the, no but those are remakes. Those are remakes. Yeah, are those like, any good? Yeah, I, I think part one is a little kind of up its own ass at times. It, like it Rob I, I understand what it what it does. I understand what it's doing with part one, like I do, and I respect Rob Zombie's. Uh, vision with part one but i will say i actually will totally go to bat and defending part two i think part two is actually great i think especially the director's cut of part two the director's cut is really damn good and super underrated lots of really underrated performances in that movie i think uh the the i i feel like the view of ptsd in that movie is really really well handled especially for Lori as a character and i feel like uh it's a lot more nuanced than people give it credit for especially for like like a lot of people i've heard describing Lori as a character in the second movie are like dealing with ptsd like Oh, she's not very pleasant. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking PTSD. It's not a very pleasant thing to deal with. Like, of course, she's not going to be pleasant all the time. She went through a really horrible, horrible, tragic thing. And I think Halloween, t- uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is uh, actually really good and really underrated, especially the uh, director's cut. Okay. I've just, I've heard a lot of good things about Halloween 2018 and Halloween oh, yeah. 2021. I'm a because yeah. one of the podcasts I listen to Geekbox. He's a big fan of those. I don't think he liked Halloween mm. Ends. I think he bitched about that movie. About which one? I liked. I liked Halloween one. Ends. Oh, Halloween oh, Ends. Yeah. I think. I think he bitched about that one. Yeah, I. I like. I, I really liked Halloween. Yeah, I. I really liked Halloween Ends. I. I really, really liked all of the David Gordon Green movies. I. I found with people really giving the blowback for Halloween Kills and Ends, I'm like, no, nah, I would still gladly take these over, like, most of the Halloween sequels. Like, those sequels are fucking garbage, and I feel like people are clouded by nostalgia. And, like, I get why, because there are some actually good qualities about those sequels, but, like, as an overall movie, though, they're frustrating and just total garbage. Okay. And then there's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I want to see that. Movie's- that movie's fucking fantastic. I love Halloween three so much. I really want to see that since it has nothing. Since I know it's not like it nothing to do with anything else. No, yeah. and it's what Carpenter originally wanted to do. Yeah. Like once they started asking for sequels, he was like, "Well, why don't we do like an anthology, like different stories that just take place on Halloween?" And yeah, exactly. they were like, uh, "How about you shut up and write more Michael Myers?" <laughs> And may I just say, it's very astonishing when I hear people talk about Rob Zombie like an actual artist, like an actual filmmaker. When every time I hear the name Rob Zombie, I just think, hey, hey, I'm the one that you wanted. Like, that's all I can think about when I hear <laughs> well, that not, name. like, even oh, in his own. Beast is such a good song, though. It really is that. Like, oh, my God. Even, <laughs> like, but even in his own, like, way, though, I, I think he is very much an artiste and an, an, an artist. Who has his own style and has his own way of like directing something. And yeah, like I, I think that's something I think people seem to forget when it comes to direct uh, directing. Like, not I, I, I'm not saying every single director has their own style, but 
a good amount of directors do have their own unique styles to them. And I think sure. Rob Zombie has very much has his own signature style. Sure. All I can think of is the man taking the song Dragula resp- uh, pronounces Salem as Salem. That's all I remember. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is One yeah, Rob Zombie movie, and I saw House of a Thousand Corpses a long time ago, and I fucking nice. hated it. Oh, that movie's oh, no. so dumb. I love it. I but I was also, like, in high school at the time. So mm-hmm. I remember renting the v- on VHS or something. So mm-hmm. but I've never seen it since, nor do I want to. But that's my experience. Mm-hmm. But we should go on to uh, Shelf Stacker Box. And, Bill, what about you? This is a you know, this is a landmark movie. It's iconic. It's important. And it's a, it's a marvel of what someone can do with just good ideas and good skill and not a lot of stuff. And I think this is a masterfully made movie for all the reasons we've said. However, I'm going to put this on the stack. Uh, this Ooh. is not a movie I would trot out every Halloween. I would just a lot of movies. I think I would. I think this is one of those I'll probably pull out again, maybe 10 years again, maybe with my son. Like, hey, do you want to see like kind of a quaint? <laughs> a good horror seen, movie. You want to After you've it. seen you know, Hereditary and Midsummer, do you want to see like <laughs> where all this stuff was born? Like the genesis of all this? Like as a time capsule and as as the as the work of a pure artist who's doing incredible work with very little i think it's a very respectable movie and i think it's wonderful in that regard and again i can't imagine seeing this in 1979 in a the theater with people i've said that a lot during this halloween series but or this you know, october series but i this is not something i think i just pull out to watch for funzos and i think this is a perfect stack uh, definitely doesn't belong in a box at all but not on the shelf no i can't i can't put it up there okay what about you, Kyle? This is definitely going on my shelf. This movie's a masterpiece. I love it. I think it's so beautifully directed. I, I think the uh, the uh, director of photography or the cinematography by, done by Dean Cundy is also just excellent. Just so damn good. And I think so much of this movie still works and has such a simplicity to it that's so excellent. Uh, this easily goes on my shelf. Like I would proudly display this, and I would watch it. Uh, I would watch it every Halloween. This is just such a damn classic. I love it. Okay, and I'll go next. I'm gonna put this on the shelf, which is weird for me to say about a horror movie. But I, as I said, as you can kind of can tell, I really enjoyed this film. I was, this was great, and I I want to watch the TV cut now because I want to see those couple of their scenes they added because I'm curious about it. And I definitely can see myself watching this movie again. It, I I really had a good time. It was my kind of horror movie. Not too scary. Not too gory. So my kind of movie. So going to the shelf and I'm really glad I, I finally got, watched it. And what about you, Ken? <sighs> <laughs> like, see, everybody's brought up great points. Like, it is a landmark movie, but how many times... Can you watch a landmark movie like I'm in probably the 30s for this movie and I want to put it on the shelf, but I also want to put it in the stack. So I'm going to create a zone in between. I'm going to call it the stealth or the shack. I'm going to put it in the shack. <laughs> The, the shed. shed. There you go. The put shed. In the shed with the uh, you put know, the, the shed with the washing machine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. I'm gonna put this movie in the shed with the washing machine so it can get stuck in the window, <laughs> and say, "Oh, step killer, what are you doing?" Please don't <laughs> tell Paul. <laughs> I'm gonna like, actually. Uh, it's good. Uh, sorry. I, I just sorry. I actually changed my mind. I want to put the, I want to put this movie in the kitchen so I'll have it with me when I make that giant ass bowl of popcorn. That's yeah. fair. That Paul, is there nothing better than freshly made popcorn in like a pan? Yes. 
like not yes. microwave, not this microwave. Yeah, no, nonsense. fuck that. Yes, yeah, yeah. the microwave. An actual pot. My wife has yeah, a uh, has the popcorn making pot. It's a saucepan oh. that's only used yes for making real popcorn with butter. Oh. <laughs> yes. So anyway, there we go. All right. <laughs> In the pan. <laughs> oh, that was good. All right. I think that's. And Bill, where people find you at? Oh, I do a uh, a charming show entitled "A Gamer Looks at 40. It's a uh, nostalgia. It's a uh, it's a buttered popcorn of nostalgia. It's just covered in nostalgia. All this, all that. Uh, basically, it's a uh, collection of stories from people sharing their uh, memories and recollections of the games that affected them personally or they love. Sometimes it's really about nuts and bolts, like "Hey, I like it because of this." And when it's really singing, the show's about "Hey, I really impacted me." For such and such reason. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you enjoy nostalgia, retro video games and 40 year old people who talk about such things, then by all means, check out A Gamer Looks at 40 wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right. And Kyle, where will we find you at? You can find me on Blue Sky at, at uh, chibiufo.bluesky.social. You can also find me on Instagram at uh, chibiufo. And you can also find me on Letterboxd at Kyle F. You can find my uh, various musings and postings about old retro video games, uh, cute stuff in retro video games, horror, and uh, queer stuff, and all of those in between. And Ken, do you want to plug yourself on Twitter? Or I, I don't really have anything to plug. I'm on oh. Twitter. <laughs> I barely use it. Um, Me too. I'm on this show more than I'm on Twitter. I'll be completely <laughs> okay. honest with you. I don't even um, go on Twitter anymore. I do have a Twitter. I do have Blue Sky. You find me as Kenneth Sanity or Professor Sanity on any social media outlets. I have them all. I don't use any of them. You know what? Why not? Go look at my horror writings. I've written stuff on movies. It's been a while. Go look at KennethSanity.wordpress.com. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to go to KennethSanity.wordpress.com. That's what I'm doing. I will, too. Everyone should get on that site. Flood the <laughs> Make me do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, oh, I should say, and happy Halloween, everyone. But if you enjoyed yes. this episode, uh, there are over 500 other episodes of this podcast. You, you will find everything we've done on Podbean. We've done movies, comics, all sorts of things. You'll find our whole giant catalog. If you want to support the show, we do have a... Why is my brain not working? <laughs> we do have Patreon full star. You can vote in our Patreon poll. You'll see a link in the show notes. So please go do that. Help support the show. Also, you can please join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes for our Discord. Uh, I've said this hundreds of times about, you know, at this point. And I want to give an awesome shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasper. You can follow her on TikTok and you'll see a, in the link tree in her show notes. And I want to give a shout out to another friend's podcast, No Man's Fanny. Definitely go check them out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. X or Twitter X, same thing. Uh, Blue Sky, Threads, YouTube, audio only. I think that's everything I need to say. We will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So long. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>